Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. What's up, guys? Uh, Terry and Ian here with another episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. And today's topic is cars, specifically uh, like a first-time car buyer, as uh, Ian himself just recently uh, got his hands on his first car. So congrats to you, Ian. And um, I'm going to be kind of you know, picking his brain on how the process went and kind of what his decision-making was. And then we'll also be having like, we'll contrast some of the different decisions you might have in this process. Because personally, I don't have one. I'm just turned 19 years old and I'll get in a little <clears throat> later on in the podcast, I'll get into my reasoning for why that is and um, why, like, I'm not against cars whatsoever. I'm sure I'll have one in the near future. Another thing we might be doing during the podcast as well is kind of contrasting some different ideas and decision-making um, you guys might be having. So for example, uh, whether to finance the car with like a loan or to pay cash, uh, whether to even get a car in the first place, because personally, uh, I am 19 years old and still don't have one for a very particular reason. And um, I'll share more about my decision-making there and why you guys might find yourself in a similar situation where you don't want one um, yet, or you might might not make the most economic sense, whatever it is. We'll get into all the different um, contrasting decisions you'll you might find yourself in as you're going through the process of buying the car. Uh, but before we get into all that, um, let's just start off with Ian kind of introducing us to like the context and the background for as he started to prep for buying his car, what were some of the things he was looking at? What was his uh, decision-making for choosing? Like, was he, I'll, yeah, I'm talking about you kind of in the third person almost, but I'll just talk directly to you, Ian. Um, what was your rules for this decision making process like were you sketching out like the exact brand and year you wanted what were you going for like a car or a truck um or was it just a little more off off the fly just uh good question terry looking within like a price point basically okay so just to give some contact context not contact um i'm 16 years old i turned 16 three months ago but i just got my license on the 25th of april like so I'm a fairly new driver. Um, I learned how to drive on a big Nissan it's on Rogue from 2017. So I'm kind of used to bigger cars. I'm assuming that's an SUV. Yeah, it's an SUV. It's about mid-size. Like if you're seeing Honda CRE, kind of like in that range. Yeah. Like it's not too big, not too small. It's kind of like, it's a good way to learn yeah. how to drive a big car. Considering many of a family, you kind of need a bigger car. So... Um, kind of like, so really what, like I was going to thinking I was kind of on my own to buy this car. Like I was going to have to save up the down payment and everything. And if you guys don't know, it's a horrible time to buy a used car, which we could talk about there in this episode. Mm -hmm. I could talk about ways I feel screwed in the, this time of world. But like, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory, but, um, yeah, it's yeah, but actually, like, my mom got sick and tired of sharing a car with me, especially when I had a permit. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a very busy guy, and my family is very busy. Like, I do two sports. I have a job. I do um, volunteer work. I do a lot of things. So I'm all over the place. So my mom pushed my dad to, you know, buy, get help me with a car. To get some background financially, I had put down 7 k 
um, five grand for my grandparents, one grand for me, and one grand for my parents. And um, and I'm getting financial support, which we can talk about later. But to um answer Terry's question about like what my rules, what I was looking at is I have one rule: no American cars, no Ford, no GM, no Chevy or no Chevy's GM, but like no American cars, like. You already know, like Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, they're all reliable. And also Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was looking at. I was looking at only those like four car brands. And some rules I had was really, it cannot be more than five years old. And it cannot be driven more than about 15,000 miles a year. So if it's five years old, it cannot have more than like 60,000 miles on the odometer. And, you know, and then there's some more like nitpicky things. Like when we were at the CarMax lot, my dad was like, I don't want like a drum break. He wants like a disc break. Mm. So that was kind of like nitpicky, but that was kind of the rules. And for our finances, um, I actually got a head of good interest rate of 2.99. But before I even applied for the loan, I was estimating a 4% interest rate. Okay. So I uh, my upwards limit for a monthly payment was about $320 was the max I was willing to go for, which is um, over a five-year loan is about uh, about $24,000 of a loan before the down payment of seven grand. So about $17,000 or $18,000 loan. Nice. Okay. That makes sense. What, what did it end up turning out to be, the monthly payment? Okay, so my monthly payment is actually three eighteen. Um, so okay. the car itself, which I'll just tell you guys what car I got. I got a twenty seventeen Volkswagen Jetta with about fifty seven eight hundred on the odometer. It used to be a rental. I'm the first personal owner on it. I got it at CarMax, so I got an extended warranty on it, which was actually a good one with like a hundred fifty dollar deductible for up for up to a hundred forty thousand miles or five years, which I'm only about going to drive about three to 4,000 miles a year. Okay. So um, that added a few thousand dollars plus, you know, taxes and the title fees and all of that, you know, fancy stuff. Yeah. My total loan was 24 grand, but I put seven grand down. So it was 17 grand, which over 60 months at 2.99% interest rate. Um, it's about 318 a month. Okay, not bad, not bad. And how are you planning on paying for the the, the monthly payment? Um, so my family's actually giving me a lot of financial support on this purchase. My grandma is willing to give me a hundred dollars a month towards my monthly payment, and my mom's giving me a hundred as well. So that means I'm ultimately responsible for $118 of the monthly payment. Okay, great, not bad. And then insurance, I'm getting also I'm more mostly responsible for that, but my grandpa's giving me $50 a month which um, one thing we can also talk about is insurance. My insurance premium went up $220 just adding this car to, to our family. That's brutal. But it will go down as I get older. By the time you get 25, it's pretty much 50% off. Right. It's just painful as a 16-year-old male where insurance companies are like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Justifiably so. But yes, it is, it is a steep price. Yeah, for sure. Um, huh? Okay, so and and I think you mentioned you ended up paying. You ended up buying from CarMax. What was? Uh, what? Why did you choose CarMax? 
Um, my family has, so CarMax is really, if you're going to buy a used car from a dealership, mm-hmm. CarMax, one thing I like about them, which is, this is something like my family has bought, we have not bought a brand new car since 2012. So the last time we bought a brand new was in Elantra in 2012. That's why we have bought four cars now from CarMax and sold two, three cars to them. Okay. So um, one time at CarMax, the person told us they're not salespeople. They're there to help you get the car. They're not paid percentage-wise. Mm-hmm. They're paid the same amount, no matter if they sell you a Lamborghini or a beat-up Honda Civic. So, so they're not like biased and deteriorously the most expensive car possible. Yeah, they don't upsell you. Right. They make the same amount of money no matter what you get. Right. And they're and CarMax makes it simple to buy a car. They have virtual tours like of the car online, and they have all kinds of different cars instead of like a Honda dealership that has a few used cars on the lot. Right. Okay. That's cool because I I'd, I've heard of CarMax and I've seen some advertisements. Uh, but I've never actually looked into their actual business model myself. So I will keep that in mind for myself. Going yeah. And, and they also tr- are willing to transfer the car from CarMax location to CarMax location. Uh, that's nice. So they got like a nationwide network, basically. Yeah. They're, they're the largest, I, I want to call them the largest um, used car market. Like literally, they're on my keychain. I have for CarMax saying they call themselves the Auto Superstore. Makes sense. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. And for, for listeners who aren't aware, um, the, the decision to buy a used car makes a lot of sense compared to buying new cars. I'm sure Ian will probably be able to give you the actual stats on it, but it's something like just driving, like purchasing a new car, just driving it off of the lot, which technically makes it used, I guess, at that point. Um, like once you've purchased the car and actually like just drive it off the lot, it immediately loses like a certain percentage value of its twenty percent. Yeah, correct. Its value, like just instantly, just driving it off the lot, and then the depreciation it has over like the next, I don't know, one or two years within you know it, of its use or like uh, what do you call it, use life. Um, uh-huh. It, it's also like a dramatic drop. So something like, I forget the exact stat, but it's something like the total value of the car drops about 50% in like the first couple of years of driving the car, even if it's still in great shape. And so a lot of people um, decide to, well, new cars are still obviously a giant market, um, but used cars are as well. And for someone like myself, I would be looking at buying a used car for my first one as uh, you usually end up getting a very similar quality car like it's not beat up or it's you ideally don't want to buy one that's been in a wreck or anything crazy uh, you're yeah. just buying a car that's just had a few years of use and it's significantly cheaper than buying it brand new um and that's just a way to save a lot of money on on your first car purchase especially I, I, because your first car probably is going to be the last car you ever own um so i would i pretty much highly doubt that but i'd be impressed if you bought one car your entire life um but um, if I may add to that theory, like um, I you a brand new Volkswagen Jetta, a twenty twenty two one, will run you about thirty grand right now. I got mine for about before the warranty. If I didn't get the warranty, it would have been about twenty one grand. Not bad. Yeah, it's, that's it's instantly ten grand off, and it used to be a rental. I'm the first personal owner, so it's really good. It even has that new car smell, even though it's five years old. Yeah. And, and so like, it's, it's 
prior or uh, unlike other products where used might have some negative connotations about it. like you know buying a used book will usually have like some wrinkles and some you know some you know pages that are a little scuffed or that the cover might be you know a little stained or something uh, i would argue that you can find a lot of really good used cars that are nothing like that and they almost that almost look as good as new um yep, they've right. been used for a couple of years and then, um, and if you buy from like CarMax, they actually do a 125 point um, inspection. Like they change the tires, like brand new tires wow. on my car. And, um, but, but like with, you can like, to go back to your book analogy, you can find some really good used books, but there's of course the wrinkled and right. other stuff. With used cars, there's the same. Like I looked at a uh, Honda Accord, which was in around the same stats and uh, insane price. Mm-hmm. On the buttons on the steering wheel, it was kind of worn down. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but most of the cars I looked at were good until you looked at the service history. Like I looked at a 21 grand, 2018 Elantra with like 20,000 miles. Mm-hmm. You look at the service history at 9,000 miles, it had AC and electrical work done, Ooh. which is a major red flag. You have yeah. to really do your due diligence. Yeah. And ideally, you want to stay away from, even though it might be a couple grand more to buy a little bit nicer of a car that hasn't had major issues like that. The the issue with buying a car with red flags is um, like major repairs when it's still relatively new or even just major repairs in general for cars are extremely expensive. So it's within reason, it's relatively probably a better idea to get a slightly nicer car that won't need major repairs of any sort um, for quite a while compared to buying one that's just a, you know just a little bit cheaper and two months into driving you end up needing to replace something massive because uh, that'll be a yeah. huge uh, hole in your wallet after good, good point terry cars aren't cheap yeah like i definitely did not want to get a car over sixty thousand miles because sixty thousand miles for five years old is kind of like and not like the car is like middle age kind of like like, like maybe a person in your 30s, upper 30s, like it's there, you, you're not having issues, you're you're flying by. Eventually, yeah, you're going to hit that scene. Like my car um, at like 65,000 miles, it's going to need like spark plugs and stuff. Mm. But that's like a few years down the road. Um, I do have like two active recalls, but that can, that's free to deal with. Like don't let a recall scare you away from a car. Mm-hmm. The dealership will, of course, fix that for you. But, like, really good point. Like, kind of like I, if you're buying a used car, I recommend that, like, not more than 15,000 miles a year, which is what the average American drives mm-hmm. and about five years old, because a good car will last you 10 or more years. Right. Yep. Right on. And you mentioned earlier that you got a car in the beginning, or like your whole reasoning for getting a car from the very beginning was because you had a lot of activities and you know it was hard juggling all the different things your family had to do with you you know driving the family's cars as well yeah so your mom encouraged you to with with help of course to to get a car um how how close is your average activities like your school and like how many how many minutes away would you say is it to your house Okay, so my school is about three miles from my house. It's like a 40-minute walk, but I'm not walk, I don't walk in the mornings because my brother goes to the middle school right next door to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to my high school. 
Uh, after school, I actually quit my spring sport of track and field due to an injury. But let's say I were in cross country. Mm. Um, I'm there for another like two hours after school. Um, so I'm there till five. And then if I had an away, like meet, like those could be really far away, especially the weekend ones. And then I actually have a job now with them working as a cashier at my city's pool. So like Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday of next week, I have to go to the pool. And on Tuesday and Friday, it's right after school. And then um, and then also like I have some business ideas for the car, and it will be a lot harder to share a car if with the unknown schedule. Right. And um, and also get for a little bit more context, we do have two cars in the family. But my dad's car is a lot bigger, so me and my mom both cannot drive it. That makes sense. So really, kind of only limited to one car that most family drives. Yeah, it's, it's really just that one car that gets most of the use. Right, right, yeah, and that makes sense because uh, my scenario is completely different. Um, I live in a really small town, and within that really small town, I live next to literally all the activity in the town. So like the the, the major stores, which really are only, I think it's a handful, like probably about a dozen stores total. Um, and of those, there's only like the only major brand you guys would know is maybe Dollar General um, and maybe IGA. But like, besides that, we got like a small town Chinese place. We've got uh, a little barber shop, at least there used to be. Um, we've got like two small town coffee shops and there's a few other really small like boutique businesses in town. Um, but basically that main street, if that's what you want to call it, I live like a five to 10 minute walk away from. So it's like half a mile. And my school is a third of a mile away. Um, and my dad's work is also about a fifth or a third of a mile away. So basically everything we do uh, in our lives, at least you know, for myself and my family, is within a really, really close walking distance. So the reason I have postponed buying a car is because in, in looking at it, it just didn't make sense. Um, first off, the college I'm going to, the parking lot was kind of in the opposite direction of my house. And it was a good five-ish minute walk as well. So it didn't make sense for me to buy a car and then have to park it in the, in the freshman parking lot, you know, several minutes from my dorm just to drive it to my house, where there's also like quite limited parking because we kind of have a narrow street. And going through that entire process would have been longer than just me walking home. And that's what I mean to say, like all the money I've saved on, you know, not paying for, for gas and for car repairs and for an actual car, the car loan, uh, whatever it is. And that was kind of just my reasoning behind not buying one. Now I'm saying all this to say, I'm not against cars. I know eventually I will get one likely when I grow outside of a very small town and get a job somewhere else or, my business ventures end up taking me to Lexington, which is like a 30 minute drive away. Um, all those different scenarios open me up to, to getting one. I think I will probably be getting one fairly soon within a year or two as I start to um, move into those other roles. But uh, the one, one thing I do want to mention kind of here is that if you find yourself in a similar situation where you can, you can get by just as easily in your current scenario without a car, um, I would recommend not rushing to buy one just, yeah. just to quote unquote, keep up with the Joneses. Like, yes, even if your friends are all getting cars, and, uh, they're you know taking the Instagram photos with them, like, taking photos, posting on Instagram and, you know, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, I'm gonna do that. social media is, um, 
it might feel like you're missing out on something, but you would be shocked how expensive a car can be and how much quote unquote drama or responsibility adds to your life. It's, it's a big deal. So I wouldn't rush to get one just because like if your answer, like if, if your answer is just someone asking you why you're getting cars, like just because, or just because I want to, you know, want it or, you know, it looks cool or whatever. I would highly, highly encourage you to do a little bit more deep thinking on why and if it actually makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, if I may because, add. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, if I may add to that, Terry, like I don't post my car on social media. Like honestly, <laughs> only my friends know I have a car now. Because, right. you know, I texted them annoying them. I'm like, hey, I got a car now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm kind of like in the middle. Like I have friends who got their like, car like back in like August, September. So I'm kind of like layered to the game when it comes to it. And I was, and to give context about what my school and city looks like, I live in a town of 60,000 people. I go to a high school with 2,000 kids and we're kind of very diverse socioeconomically. I have a friend who drives like a 20 year old Pontiac SUV. It's like the vibe or something. Um, it's not really falling apart on her, but like it's kind of getting old. And then I've, I know people driving, like, yesterday, me and my friend were, or now Friday, me and my friend were comparing cars. He was driving his dad's brand new BMW SUE. And then, uh, and you can't imagine, like, there's everything in between. I drive a middle, in the, like, down the road, like, middle, down the road car, like, a Volkswagen. You can't go wrong with a Volkswagen. But, like, you go to my school's parking lot, you can see Teslas and Corvettes wow. to beat up pickup trucks. Yeah. That, have, that literally cost like $2,000 to buy outright, which we're actually going to make this episode a true parter. So the sec- so this first part is like thinking like why I bought a car and kind of like helping you think about like a car. Mm-hmm. The second part will be about financing yeah. or if you okay. should just buy outright cash and more of the expenses behind it. Because I could say getting this car just put me very behind on honesty already. Like, I'll say that I kind of am screwed buying this car, but I have a way to make it worth it. Cool. That'll be a good episode to follow up with getting into all all the financing, because this one is mostly just about the decision making and the why, the context, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, But it's really good to help. Like, you live in a small town, Terry. You can walk to Dar General. Yeah, for me, like my, my entire town's population is 6,000 people. So literally a tenth of yours. <laughs> yeah, my city, um, some streets see one-sixth of our um, city's population, 20,000 cars on one street, a corner from my house. And I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and yeah. Bar is not nearby. I live on the like suburban side, so you can imagine. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, is there any other um, tips you want to leave for you know our listeners in, in this half of the episode? Yeah, so for this first half, honestly, just if you're considering buying a car, think it through. Like, think about your situation. Do you have a job or not? Is your family going to help you or not? Which we could real talk more in the second episode. Uh, Just think through it hard because buying a car is not cheap. Like, look at, like, my insurance is basically a second loan on this car alone. It's crazy. And I'm not even talking about maintenance. I'm not talking about my gas, like, I'm just talking about the two key factors to a car. So just think about it. Like if your family's like mine and let's say you have a business idea, which I'm willing to talk about in the second episode, a car might be right for you. If you're like Terry, 
and you have two feet and can walk everywhere, yep. you're good. Bike comes clutch too. Oh yeah. And if you live in like San Francisco or New York City where you have a subway or something, don't even get a car because it'll be a huge pain in your butt. Oh yeah. Especially in a big city where parking is limited. Yeah. If it's like on like really buying a car only works in suburban towns. Like if you live in a middle class suburban town, you kind of need a car. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Good stuff, Ian. Appreciate um your your tips and your insight here. And we're appreciate gonna go you, up. Terry. Yeah, we're going to go and wrap up here and uh, catch you guys on the next episode talking about kind of the financing and some of the different um, financial impacts a making a decision like this will have. So looking forward to it. We'll catch you guys next time. Right. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.